become spell weavers, reavers, rogues, and men at arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rule book, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome back to Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard, where we are making old school young again. I'm your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and uh, tonight we are uh, graced with the presence of the one, the only godfather of the Bro-SR, Mr. Jeffro Johnson. He will be on here to talk all about the Battle Bronstein that he has uh, recently run at his table and uh, the implications that that will have on domain play moving forward i'm looking forward to it this is going to be a really interesting uh really crunchy conversation some of my favorite stuff that we do here on rolling bones is the uh nitty-gritty of gaming philosophy so if you guys enjoy that please remember to like share and subscribe and uh, you can find me in all the various uh, social media platforms that i am present on on x and instagram i am at howard underscore ryan greg uh, YouTube is Rolling Bones. Twitch is twitch.tv slash Rolling Bones Ryan. And Substack is rollingbones.substack.com. Uh, right now, I am having a blast over on Substack. I just this week did an article about cooking and role playing and how uh, they are similar. And uh, I, I kind of view it as my uh, my version of the uh, the swing dancing that Jeffro talks about. So, uh, you know, if you want to hear my thoughts on stuff like that. You know, that's where you can find it over on Substack. You can also support the show by buying uh, some of our cool merch over on TeePublic. You'll find the link to that pinned in the comment beneath or here in chat if you are watching along live. Uh, so with that out of the way, just want to remind everyone that you can find today's guest over on X at Johnson Jeffro. And you can, of course, find him over on his blog, which is jeffro.wordpress.com. You will find the link pinned beneath and here in comments. Uh, but he is the most notorious man in all of role-playing. Uh, you know him, you love him. Please welcome back to Rolling Bones, Mr. Jeffro Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Glad to be here, glad to be here. And of course, you know, it's it's, it's me, so uh, I'm going to go off topic right out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the small group uh, didn't meet at church, so I didn't get to regale them with my uh, exploits. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, if you can't be friends with people, you know, why, why bother? So, uh, right. so, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, so I'm on a, I'm on a date yesterday, uh, taking this woman to the, the climbing gym and, uh, we roll in there and, uh, um, so the, the guy comes out, uh, and, you know, we, 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 we gone through all of the, uh, the, you know, the, the things you have to sign, you know, because for safety and the, the, you know, the stuff you, you sign away, mm -hmm. um, when, when you break your neck, it's not their fault. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so the guy's like, yeah, okay. What are you guys looking to do? You know, it's, you're, you know, you just, and, uh, I'm like, look, just show us the autobelays. And then after that, I want you to test me on, uh, on belaying, make sure I, you know, I know, and then we'll just take it from there. 
And then the person I was with was like, oh, you you need to test me too. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is, this is my, you know, I'm running this, um, yep. you know, uh, and so, so we go through and, um, you know, we, you know, I get tested and, you know, and, and, you know, when it's been, when it's been like a year, it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't know when the last time I climbed was uh, at a gym, but it's like, uh, you, you can forget stuff really fast. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, like like one time I actually forgot how to tie the figure eight knot. It was like, and it was really embarrassing. Um, so, so, you know, um, but you know, when you're dealing with safety, it's like, you don't want to take any chances. Uh, yeah. You know, so, so I talk him through everything and it's like, okay, yeah, all of this stuff, it's still second nature. So I feel, you know, I feel fine. And, uh, and so we're climbing and we're doing stuff and, uh, you know, uh, and uh you know and so, so she, this, she keeps bugging me uh about uh getting her tested too because she wants me to be able to have a good time too but you know when there's a a big skill discrepancy um the activity is not about what the leader is going to get out of it the, the the activity is about the leader making sure the uh the newcomer has a good time like yeah that has a good day uh mm -hmm. and that's all it can be about um uh, but, uh, you know, I, I put a little bait out there. It was like, uh, oh, well, the other thing is, you know, nobody who's, who's, uh, performing as a guide wants to, uh, to, uh, to give someone another, to give a novice a chance to kill them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, but I'm like, no, if you complete this one route, um, you can go get tested and, and we're good. We're good. And, um. And and then and, and and here's the thing. It's just like it's like a repeat. It's like um, it's like Adam and Eve in the garden all over again. Um, mm -hmm. Like you know what's coming, right? Yeah. Um, so we climb a little more. She doesn't do the uh, challenge that I put in front of her, and uh, and of course she's you know she's feeling bad about it. She's a little embarrassed, and uh, and then she she um, but then like I, I come out uh, from the bathroom or something, and she's talking to the to the guy at the gym saying. Okay, I want to get I want to get tested. I want to get <laughs> tested now for belaying, and 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 I and I look at her and I'm like, what are you, like what's going on here? What exactly is going on here? And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, but but you know you haven't completed the challenge that I gave you, right? Mm -hmm. And and she says, oh well, you know I was thinking if I got tested that would like give me the courage, you know that that would put me in the mental zone where I could. And I'm like, well, great, but um, who, who's going to be your partner for the belay test? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, needless to say, that got shut down real quick. Um, and mm -hmm. so, um, anyways, the so the elaborations on this uh, that was the uh, the parable. Uh, of course, you know you know what all this is about because people are yes, the same no matter what the hobby is, right? So, what what is? I'll give you a chance to jump in. Like, what do you, what's what's your thoughts on on this? very very typical scenario well it seems that a lot of people um whether they're looking to impress someone that they've just met or uh you know looking to kind of prove their their metal as a, a person uh or i guess kind of you know prove that they can pull their own weight will oftentimes undertake things that they are not quite ready for skill wise and when folks like yourself or like other experienced people who are trying to guide them in this world try to tell them hey you know you're not ready for this yet 
usually the first reaction is to push back. And fortunately, in this case, nobody got their neck snapped. Uh, however, in uh, the lower stakes world of RPGs, uh, someone got the uh, the neck of their uh, their game snapped. Yeah, uh, metaphorically speaking. So, uh, yeah. And and, and, and I, I can see like when I was when I was at a convention and there was a big, big skill to describe like someone who's never played an RPG before. You know, obviously, I'm not going to throw them in the deep end right away. And my objective, you know, at the con is going to be like, OK, this person who's like nothing like me and we would never hang out. But like, <laughs> yeah, and we've made different life choices, you know, but nevertheless, within the within the uh, the, the framework of the game, I'm going to make sure I want to I really want to see you have a good time. And and, you know, like uh, uh, the, the con this year. I feel like we pulled this off, but yeah, and then, uh, but no, the game I was uh, this summer I was with uh, uh, an old timer, right? Uh, a guy we played played with before, and I told I told him up front like this is going to be AD and D raw, and uh, I'm playing with with other people there that were were new to that, and uh, you know he he was gone, he was gone. When when did this happen? I can't remember the scenario, but it's like no the there was a, a young, there was a teenage boy that was in the game and we got into playing and I needed to look up something on his sheet, something to do with his armor class. And I looked at it and there was something weird, something I didn't, I had no idea what it was and uh, something with the armor, like some kind of, you know, it's not in the books anywhere. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm completely confused. And so finally, I asked the guy, I asked the guy that helped him roll up the character. I'm like, dude, what's going on with this? And it was like, Oh well, the kid wanted to play this certain type of character, and there wasn't this thing in the book, and and so I just I you know I made up this weird armor that would suit his character idea, and 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 I thought it would be cool, and it's like, bruh, <laughs> like what what part of raw uh, kind of passed your brain by there, yeah. sir? It's like and like and not you know now. Now you've put me in a situation where I have to tell you no, maybe. Oh, but we're in a mixed company, and we don't want to argue about this in mixed company. And oh, does it really matter that much? But it's like, uh, you know what you did. You know what you did. You're acting like a bad date. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're acting like a certain person in the Garden of Eden mm -hmm. who needs to be set straight. No. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And... and and if you if you just bear with me, I got one more. I got one more because I'm thinking about this. And I know we got a lot to cover, um, but uh, but uh, yeah, um, um, I'm pretty proud of this. I'm pretty proud of this because uh, you know, I mean, you know, my my my, my latest project since uh, really hitting Trilopulus really hard since the world turned back on is swing dancing, as you said earlier. Yep, I tell you, um, and it's. Um, and it's intriguing to watch because everything we do at, at, in, in our sessions, our weekly sessions, it's sort of like comic books where you get these little things thrown out and you have this continuity in your campaign. And mm -hmm. then little things develop. They, they blossom. You know, they fade away. Uh, and, and the swing dance is, is very similar. Like uh, like uh, there was uh, one of the first dances I went to was uh, outdoors uh, this summer. Um, that was nearby, and and there was uh, there was this girl in a sun hat, and she knew how to dance. Uh, and 
and we're you know in, in this venue like um you, you know there's there's like is there is there is there hundreds of people there and there's only three there's only like five people who know how to dance and the whole thing <laughs> but but like i dance with i dance with her and i'm just i'm like bedazzled because it's like oh it's been it's been it's been four years and this person who lives nearby is an elite dancer this is so great um but then you know um uh maybe you know maybe three months later i, I you know the, the local scene you know opens up and and i'm running into her there and i just assume okay this person's like super elite i'm gonna try out my elite moves with this person i i finally have someone i can practice things i learned in class with this is going to be great. And the first time it works pretty good. And like a week later, come back. Uh, I'm trying to do it. It's called a tandem, um, mm. which it's an intermediate move. Uh, depending on your scene, it could be considered strange. But uh, but no, uh, but then like the next two or three times, it just fizzles. And I'm like, I thought this person was elite. I thought this person was like hardcore. And I thought this, this was going to be the person I could work on the stuff with. And and uh and it just you know it's kind of like you know when it goes i've gone sideways three times i'm like oh no i've imposed on this person um uh, i misread the situation and now now this is kind of awkward so like i, I like so I, I quit asking her to dance <laughs> i quit so i just quit i was just i was just like you know i pushed it i pushed it i'm just gonna back off mm -hmm. and uh but then like uh yeah i don't know if like uh, oh, we had a we had a we had a class on the swing out, and uh, and and of course I'm I'm the key, I'm like in this scene I'm like, well, I can't say for sure because I don't pay attention to anybody else, but it it in my mind I am the king of swing out in this in this in this venue and uh, and and boom, um, uh, so she starts asking me to dance every time, right? Mm. and um like every week and now like in all the past few weeks and of course and every time like like i'm not pushing it anymore i'm i'm like sort of staying in the range of things that i know she is uh that is in her repertoire and uh and i, I don't know, at some point it's like gosh we're really we're really good together you know um and then after a while i'm like wait a minute this like like i'll be i'll be at the dance i'll be at the social and so it's like a one hour one hour lesson and then a one hour uh social dance after that yep. and it's like i won't see her at all and then I'll, like in the middle of the dance like out of nowhere she'll be like hey do you want to dance i'll be like oh yeah great and i'm like and then and then she disappears <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like she shows up to the dance just to dance with, once with me and gets calls it a night <laughs> <laughs> but anyways um anyways uh uh well I'll let you riff on that one. What's what's going on with that? And is there anything that are we reaching? Are we like totally reaching when we like draw a comparison between this sort of a thing and and RPGs? Is there anything there? I'll, I'll just give you a chance. So, like, I mean, generally speaking, I I do see a lot of the the comparisons that you're able to draw out of you know swing dancing to to D and D. I think a lot of people don't at first brush but then you know you think about it for a little bit and it kind of makes sense but to speak specifically to the uh scenario that you've presented there i think there are a lot of us especially those of us who have started thinking about D D in different ways the 
the people that Crafty Matt says are on the path will encounter people, whether it's at a convention or online or in some kind of group chat, and, and will think, okay, this guy is on my level. This is someone who is thinking about things at the same level that I am. And right. then you get that person in a game with you and you find out, no, maybe they aren't. Uh, yeah, and in yeah. fact, sometimes it can even be catastrophic. Sometimes they can make it seem like they know what they're talking about, or maybe you just kind of put understanding upon that person. But when it comes down to it, they haven't really grasped the concept yet. Not to say that they won't at some point, but you do run into that a lot, especially those of us who are kind of desperate to find other people that are on the same wavelength as us. Yeah, and and it's, and that's one of the great things about uh, like swing dancing compared to climbing is uh, you know with the volume of people that you can uh, encounter in a night, you can you could find somebody on your wavelength or someone at your skill level much more easily with um, with with the swing dancing um, and, and of course with the repeated exposure. You know, you have time to you have time to develop sort of like a mini relationship, a dance relationship. Uh, and with climbing, you know, you just have this huge, uh, huge, uh, very dangerous upfront investment and trust requirement that really, uh, really limits uh, the pool of people that are available. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and, and then I, I know we're running late on time here, but like, forgive me. I'm so this is the one I'm most excited about. No, we're good, man. Uh, the, the the last one, the last one, like I, you know, I end up at this, uh, I end up at this dance, and there's, uh, there's, uh, there's a contest, there's a contest <laughs> at the dance, but mm -hmm. I show up at first, and it's, and there's like, there's too many, there's too many dudes, um, so I'm just hanging around, and uh, this girl comes in, and she's watching the dance, um. The uh, the the dancers in the beginner lesson, and I'm thinking, oh well, she's uh, she's um, uh, she maybe maybe she wants to go do the lesson, but she doesn't have a partner, so I offer to be her partner in the beginner lesson just to get her into the game, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh no no no, and, and then she she keeps talking to me, and uh, and it's like, oh okay, she's she's been out of the game for four years, and we're talking, and she's like, she's trying to figure out what I know, and um. And then it's like, yeah, well, you know, I do this and this and this and this and this and this. And she's like, oh, what do, what do you just want the dance? Uh, a song comes on for the for the beginner lesson. She's like, oh, well, you just want to dance. And then um, so, I, you know, I put her through the paces. She's been out of the game for four years. So I give her kind of like the refresher of like, OK, here's all the basic moves. So um, and this is good. And then after that, you know, she keeps she keeps chatting. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, this is the one. This is the person that I could do the tandem with. Finally, so I'm, but I can't remember how to do it. Uh, but you know, uh, but on the spot, like, fine, like, but she's patient. I don't. There's nothing else to do. You know, the the dance hasn't started yet. But like, she mm -hmm. she waits on me to to kind of recollect how it. And we're doing it, and I'm like, oh. And then like there was somebody else there that night too. Like, like, like hey, do you mind if I try this real quick? And boom, and it's like, oh, the reason I couldn't get past this earlier than the in the year like it wasn't me that was learning disabled i was like i was i was follow disabled <laughs> <laughs> I, I i needed a better class of followers in order to go <laughs> up 
uh, in order to in order to master this new thing. Um, but anyways, um, uh, the uh, the dance started. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. I know it's gone long, but like the dance started. I mean, I'm just I mean, you know I'm just too excited. I can't I can't talk about things I'm not excited about. But uh, so the, the dance gets going, and I, I, there's like ten or twenty guys hugging the walls, and uh, I was demoralizing. Uh, like I'm, I'm putting I'm putting the number on my my shirt uh, to get ready for the competition later, and I, and I was it's just like I I I, I don't want to deal with it. Like because like but when the song's in, and I've got to wait out there, I've got to like. I gotta like look for someone that's gonna say yes, and there's like 20 other guys that are gonna be fighting for me for that one girl who's like looking around, and it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, before a moment, I'm, I'm demoralized, and I, and I, I wait out, I wait out another song, you know, and it's like now there's still there's 20 dudes, there's 20 <laughs> dudes, like I don't want to deal with this. Well, um, you know, I go out there, I go out there, and and then, well, there, there's two. Well, on the one hand, like people are asking me to dance. <laughs> you know, like it ended up not being a deal. The other thing was all those those twenty guys. You, like, mm -hmm. don't you never worry about them. I mean, it, it can be bad. It, the depending on the venue, like you, you know, you know, half the time those guys are just going to give up because none of them rate, and yeah. they're going to be they're just they're just going to give up. So like uh, you just just you just gotta wait them out, mm -hmm. uh, but no something was different. Something was different, and uh, uh, people were asking me to dance. So no, I, I did the I did the competition. I did the competition, and uh, you know like months months back uh, there was uh, there was this uh, there was this follow I met at a, at a at a bar uh, a dance that was at a bar, and she was like like the most fun dancer ever and you know and, and she was well dressed and she was attractive and, and just super duper fun mm -hmm. and and it was like who's that girl you know um so uh i think i saw her you know once or twice again just randomly up until then but no no but she was there she went all the way up to the bit she was at the contest too and uh man i made it to the final nice i i, I uh uh, so like that, that puts me, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, like, like, uh, of the people who were competing, you know, I'm like better than like half of them, you know, mm -hmm. just, just right there, which is like, well, all right, you know, I, I'm not watching everybody else. So I don't know, but it was just like, you know, the person I was six months ago, wouldn't have been able to pull that off. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, but, uh, super fun dancer girl, you know, like she was, um, she was an alternate. I just, I, ah. So like if it was in the movie version, she would have got into and we would have won and it yeah. would have been like the beginning of this beautiful story. But yeah. uh, but no. Um, uh, so like uh, but she sees she sees me like like I don't know. Um, she's like uh, save a dance for me, Jeff. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, like whatever. And then the other girl's back, you know, the one that was waiting around at the beginning. And she's like, I've been trying to find you all night and you're just always so beautiful. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm beating him off with a stick, man. This was my—I yeah. I had the mandate from heaven that night. Um, mm -hmm. I, I literally did. And uh, and yes, and, and and but super fun dancer girl. See her again. She's like, no, really, no, really, Jeff, save a dance for me. And it's like, well, all right, you know. Um, but uh, but no. Um, 
did the final did did the final round and I saw a guy go out and it was immediately I'm like oh this guy this guy's like he's an order of magnitude better than me it's gonna be like it'll be six months or a year before I'm at this guy's level that yeah. guy got third place mm. so <laughs> so um but no um uh, I'd never I'd never done the competition before mm. and uh, and so uh the the um I think you already know. I think you already know what the uh, the RPG analogy is for this. When you have to, um, if not, I'll, I'll clear it up. But uh, take a stab at this one. What's the? That's the parable. What's the? Uh, what's the? What's the uh, teaching of the parable? What does it mean? So, the the one thing that I kind of pulled out of this and. Maybe I'm focusing in on the wrong aspect of the parable, but there there is an aspect of this that actually kind of rings true to something that's going on in my gaming life, and that's this idea of needing a better class of follower. Um, I I've been struggling with that myself. Uh, my I got it in my head that I could take a bunch of relatively inexperienced players and kind of bring them up to. A, a level where we could start introducing these concepts that that folks like like you and I and Dubs and, and Crossface talk about, and what I discovered is that these people are not 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 only not ready for it, but not even kind of willing to give that a shot. Even you know, not willing to engage in in conventional RPG play, which is really heartbreaking for me. You know, made me question. A whole bunch of stuff about my abilities as a game master but talking to other people and then you know hearing you discuss that you know needing better followers a better class of follower to up your game at dancing kind of puts things into perspective for me a little bit more so i don't know if that's what you were yeah, getting no, at but that's something that, that's that i fine. definitely pulled out of your out of your story there that's fine yeah no i i would like um i uh the the one that the one that got me out of it, reflecting afterwards, is the uh, is there a wrong way to swing dance? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it turns out there is. Yeah. Well, if you if you're hurting your follower, that's definitely out, right? Obviously. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, there's uh uh like dancing. You would think this is like this is this is a very free form type of play, and that, that's mm -hmm. that's really what's happening on the dance floor that strikes me is um, you're literally asking another, an adult person, do you, will you play with me? That's what, that's really what it boils down to. It's, yeah. it's the, it's the purest form of play. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's, um, there, there definitely is uh, right ways and wrong ways to do it. And there definitely is good ways and better ways and worse ways. And, and there's things that uh, <laughs> there's there's things that can be positively transcendent. Uh, yes. And um, um, when uh, and, and, and I think that's the, the thing I get with the uh, with the dance. You know, sometimes you meet somebody in the moment, and every idea you have, they're right there. They're putting something back that inspires you. Makes and. And then, the, and the music might do something, and you'll you'll like both stop at the same time, and and it, it looks it'll look choreographed. Anybody from the outside looking in will be like, 
oh, these guys must like these must be they must really know each other, right? Yeah, and they like, no, you just you just better <laughs> that night. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, RPGs are exactly the same way. You, you got your, uh, you, you know, not every game is inspired, uh, and right. it, not every session, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, it, it's it's all, uh, you know, it's all it's all setting up things that will become important later, or it's developing skills. Uh, you know, I was, t- I was telling uh, I was telling um, James Dryzan the other day that like, look, those those first thirty sessions in Trilopolis, that wasn't just me learning the rules. That was like getting the guys at the table comfortable with each mode of play within that system. Uh, the things that we did later that that got all the attention would not have been possible if we hadn't had that. So it was basically an extended tutorial. Yep. To we we mastered the we were gradually mastering the game together. And we, you know, if you read the session reports, there's sort of a story development, a world that sort of blossoms into existence. But it's, um, you know, at, at root, uh, you know, there, I mean, the improv- improvisational aspects of, of like holding it together and then your brain like putting meaning onto it, you know, that's all there. But like really 80 percent of what we were doing at that point was just just basic, basic level training, you know, just just finding out what the rule book even says. Mm-hmm. And, and getting used to uh, moving around in it, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, that should bring us to that should bring us to the actual subject of the show right here at the thirty minute mark. Yeah. My apologies, tremendous apologies. But um, but yeah, the uh, the the big difference between the Jeffro Bron- Jeffro Johnson Bronstein's and everybody else's is uh, I run a bunch of sessions first. And the world kind of takes shape. There's loose threads. There's there's high level players, and 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 then and then there's and then there's the frustration that sets in of like, man, why? There's all this stuff in the campaign that should get some attention, that should get some play, and it's not getting attention. It's mm-hmm. it's not getting. I feel like there's something here that should be paid off, and and then. Um, I don't think conventional techniques prepare you or or give you the tools to really pay off your high level campaign situation that sort of naturally develops just from playing the game. Mm. Uh, so uh, so yeah, back in um, in July of 2021, when patrons were first developed, they were seen as a tool for enhancing the player experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had I, I was I was looking at chainmail, uh, the rules, and I, I'd always been puzzled over uh, like how Gary Gygax could could just take it for granted that everybody would know how to run a campaign. Uh, but after going through the grueling tutorial stage for you know for for thirty sessions, thirty six hour sessions over the course of a year, uh, it's like oh wait a minute, we are we know how to move around on the map, we know how to coordinate time. Uh, we know how to coordinate into multiple parties. Um, I, I just had this, the, 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 the classic, you know, flash of insight, the uh, inspiration. It's like, what if we, what if we took everything that we did, and instead of focus on on the player experience, look the opposite direction and prioritize the campaign as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where Bronstein play. <laughs> it became a sensation because it like it burned up Twitter for a month yeah. and, it, and yeah. everybody was talking. Nobody knew what we were doing, but everybody was talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this year, this year, uh, the uh, the impetus for what for all of my experiments were to make it to make it to to prevent referee burnout, especially after this summer's experience with the Oriental <laughs> Adventures thing. Like I, I wanted something with a, a, a tighter scope um, and uh, a lower scale, so the uh, the levels of of the of the players involved, you know, um, July, 2021 was super massive high level with 12th level magic users, even a a 22nd level sorceress and giant armies. The, uh, the, the deal we did this year, it was, uh, it it was an experiment with tiered play, uh, an area of the campaign map that, that was dedicated to providing a great first time experience to low level characters without, all the loose cannons entering the fray and muddying the waters for them. Um, and uh, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the setup, you know, stop me if you've heard all this before, but the, the setup was, um, you know, we, we I, I wanted to do the appendix a dungeon before the appendix a dungeon was cool. Uh, the, uh, my, my criticism of the, of the Trilopolis campaign which huge, I, I, I'm completely in the debt of 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 uh, fluid the druid and and Mandoff especially for 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 doing everything that they did last year. Uh, they 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 did things that I could not do myself. I was I was too mm-hmm. burnt out to even try. Didn't didn't want to didn't want to think about it for a while. I got to even just play, you know, which was I've never. I was always the forever DM before, so I got to play in my own campaign, which is a unique experience. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, but no. So we had this um, uh, smaller area, a dungeon-focused area. I, I didn't want the overworld to just take over play, uh, but it, it, it naturally did anyway. Um, another thing that I was doing with this area was uh, I had a, a face-to-face group. And uh, I had a guy that played in both the face-to-face group and the online group. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had activity that was, um, th- there was, uh, there was some conflict between player characters from the two groups. There was also cooperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so long story short, it's all documented on my blog, but like the, the situation ended up being that we had these hill giants and trolls that were uh, taxing the small towns on the map and um, and that had bottled up the players into this location to create this particular tier of play, of low-level play. Um, mm-hmm. The face-to-face group went on a, a sort of an escape room adventure that was designed to force them to learn how to form a stupid AD&D plan in order to overcome a problem. <laughs> And yep. then and then and then accept the results of the dice uh, as that developed. Mm-hmm. Um, they did so, and they came back with these dragon eggs, and those dragon eggs became uh, 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 the the uh, an object of conflict in the game. Uh, when the dust settled, the three dragon eggs were were uh, hatched by the evil wizard in the dungeon, and the players went in and recovered the 
killed the dragons and um uh the uh but the uh the people in the in the, in the town the wizard uh the main wizard the main npc wizard he had these he had these two hatchlings still he researched a spell to grow them because he didn't know haste mm -hmm. and and then uh a, you know a few weeks ago i had this like the other flash of insight of like oh oh hey well you know we we, we need to pay off this this thing you know the dragons have grown uh they've had enough time under one-to-one -one time to have been grown they were both i think uh not they were both adult dragons at this point yep and and it's like okay we've had this scenario all year of of the giants and the players hating the giants and but then the, and the non-humans hating the humans and the humans wanting a humanocentric uh setting uh so there was you know conflict between the the dm created stuff there was conflict between the players conflict between the face-to-face -face group and the online group and, mm -hmm. and but and so like like what do you do with it you did you, you just run normal sessions for this to play it out uh i don't think historically um historically D, D had multiple tiers to the campaign mm. uh such you know there was a war game tier in the first fantasy campaign and there was also an adventuring tier and uh and it seems to me you know quite evident in the rules that the uh the one of the core premises of the dd game is that is that the players are going to like build up to the point where they could potentially move from one tier to the other mm -hmm. um and you know so an, and another an ongoing debate between me and, and say alexander mccris would be is like how soon how soon can you do it you know do you have do you have to wait until fifth level you know until you the, are the are the adventure conqueror and king phases something that that applied as very specific levels or, or or can we scale this down and and do all the things that we would do at those larger levels and just have it be a, a smaller sandbox is that uh so yeah this year was about the smaller sandbox mm -hmm. um, what you could do how how far could you go and, yeah and yeah go ahead it, it it's interesting to to start looking at domain play in kind of a smaller scale with lower level characters um there there is this idea that i think a lot of people have when when you first introduce them to the bro sr style of play that at some point the game changes and yes you know naturally the, the game does have to change as you level up it can't be the same thing over and over again but if you're able to introduce these concepts early on, if you're able to get players used to the idea that there will be sessions of adventuring, sessions of, uh, you know, domain play, sessions of managing armies, whatever the scale may be for those, even as early as level one, uh, it, it reminds me of a, a video that uh, John Mollison did. Uh, this was like eight months ago, talking about first level fighters and how you can spend all your money on you know the best equipment or you can spend your money as a first level fighter on a handful of men at arms and suddenly at first level you're already commanding an army of a sort and right. already building up to what your eventual destiny will be as a high level fighter right yeah and 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 this in this setting in this little pocket setting 
we had a guy that made it to level three as a fighter. He outwitted the uh, the 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 demi human player characters uh, that were in the game. Got the sort of the totems from the dungeon that that uh, represented status, like a gumball machine and Naga hide couch, things like that. Those mm-hmm. counted as as status in the local uh, town. Um, he uh, ended up building a palisade that was, uh, you know, like a day away uh, towards the, uh, the, the 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 hill giant town, and um, and he would was soaking up refugees from the town. So he had thirty. 30 men at this uh, at this little mini base that he could lead. Um, and so, so yeah, we were pushing that as hard. It's like, okay, is there, is there anything, is there any, does any play happen here? Um, and, you know, it, it, it was not, nothing wargamey really happened with that. It was mostly informal shenanigans between the players competing with each other, not mm-hmm. really trying to kill each other, but, you know, there was, um, there was sort of an ongoing, you know, how which way is this town going to go? Is it going to be more human oriented, or is it, or or the or the demi humans going to like, you know, be like uh, Dubs, Chaz, and and like clown around on these people and, <laughs> and embarrass them as much as possible? Um, so the the human guy won out, and uh, yeah, but uh, jumping to the. Uh, the uh, the many the little mini Bronstein a single set you know instead of stretching it out over a month where you've got 10 20 30 40 50 people and you're you're glued to your discord you're glued to your Twitter and you're hatching schemes constantly and and you have you know uh, obviously there's like um, um, you know, when, when the first couple of times we did this, it was so new, nobody knew what it was. And, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was also quite a sensation. Um, uh, you know, we were able to pull this off. <laughs> um, and, and, and especially Brovenloff was like really wild with uh, the integration of, not, of, of multiple tables of session play with, mm-hmm. with the setting that was being created there. There was war games being done by John Mollison on his on his channel where he'd play out a turn of the battle in heaven every day. But um, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Oriental Adventures could have given Brovenloft a run for its money. But, you know, you know what happened. Yes. Um, uh, which is really tragic because I think Oriental Adventures had the best patrons that were ever gathered together uh, in, in any, any event like this. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, for the mini one, it was like okay, this was the the new flash of insight because um, uh, as intriguing as the Broasar style play is, um, uh, the uh, we, of course we've gotten tons of feedback from people about how like they don't want to do it because it's too much work and mm-hmm. and 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 for me personally, you know, when with the world back on now, I don't spend as much time playing games as i as i did before because there's lot there's dances to go to uh and and, and dancing is more fun than role-playing games that's just how it is um but uh but um yeah but like you i i with the bros i i had helped develop a style of play that i no longer wanted to do um Mm -hmm. which which puts me at odds with the guys sometimes and we butt heads a little about this, 
But, you know, with me this year, it was like, I'm, I'm like trying to, how can we recreate uh, the play dynamics that we like in our gonzo extravaganzas? Uh, but but how, how can we make it something that doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't drive people crazy, that's not dependent on everybody being glued to their screen for four weeks straight? Um, how can we do it? Can we, can we do it? How much, how much can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm suspicious. I've gotten suspicious now. I don't, I don't think people were ever really interested in what we did and how we did it. Uh, I've got, we, I think there's a lot of people complaining about like, oh, we can't, we don't understand, rah, you know, um, you know, you never explained how to do this. Um, and, and it's like, uh, my read based on what happened this summer, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that wanted the amount of attention that we got without yeah. doing the work. And I'm sorry, there's, there's, we can't help those people and we don't want to help those people now. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it, it's a smaller scale version of what happened with role-playing in general. There, there is a, um, a, a not insignificant amount of people who want to be a part of the conversation because a conversation is happening, but they, that that's all they want. They just want to, they just want to feel involved. They want to play at playing rather than actually put in the time and effort that it takes to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not the first person to do this. I'm going to claim that I invented the, the battle Bronstein and I'm <laughs> going to take full credit for it. But, um, but I'm not actually, for, I, I'm going to give the ankle biters their target point right now. So, mm-hmm. so be sure to look for it. Um, uh, I, there's a, a legend has it that that um that the rune quest group um and and if you look at the lower for rune quest it's obvious that there's some sort of timekeeping element to the way they played their game because they have all this world history that just mm-hmm. sprawls uh and there's there's an organicness to it that only actual play can give that sort of thing yep but um but no they had the same sort of problem that I have observed, you know, whether in the 2020 with the, the crazier Trilopulous games or this year in the more, more uh, even keel dialed back uh, Trilopulous sessions, the um, which, which were, which were shorter. They were four hour sessions usually uh, for the, for the online games. Uh, so we're talking about a, a much lower amount of investment and resources this year compared to 2020. But uh, but no, the RuneQuest people were uh, cruising along in their campaign, and after a while, it's like, oh, we, we, same thing. We got all these loose ends. We got uh, the, there's there's stuff at the higher level with the NPCs in our fantasy town or fantasy city, what, whichever it was, and uh, we don't know how any of this is going to play out. So for for one evening. Instead of playing your normal player character in the RuneQuest game, uh, the referee assigned a different NPC to each person in the room. And they went through and they role-played out the deals and the backstabbing and the plans and the shenanigans. I don't know what they did exactly, but at the end of the evening, they had they, they understood, uh, which, which I have to say, if you want, if you want to understand a situation, um, the dynamics of a complex, multi-sided political situation with 
with um, um, unpredictable alliances or or the potential for betrayal or people that are working together but but working at cross purposes in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to to understand what actually uh, what the what the dynamic actually is, a Bronstein can can explain it can to everyone in the clearest, most quickest way possible, because you create uh, a model of the political situation, and then you just turn it loose and see where it goes. And uh, so uh, the way I did it, the, the, the prep is minimal. The prep is, is almost nothing. Um, I, took, I took three hours to draw a map of the area, which I'd never done. We'd played, played all of the uh, campaign this year in, in, in just something I'd it, something that was just in my head. Uh, that's a very Arnesonian thing, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, I nailed it down. Everything that, that was uh, sort of canon in the game, I, I, I baked it into the map and, and we're looking at it. And, and I, didn't, I didn't spend any time developing the patrons at all. I didn't need anything. For the little towns, you just need to know what are the leveled characters in the town mm-hmm. and, and, and how many troops do they have and what are, what are the troops armed with? How many how many hill giants are in Steddington? You know what is and then Deuceland. You know what you know what do they have? You know, and um, and so I got people together and we started at uh, at six p.m. and went till midnight. So you're talking a, a six hour session, <laughs> and um, yep. Uh, the first two hours, I just had like conferences with each person and and nailed down their role mm-hmm. and 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 answered any questions. At eight o'clock, everybody had arrived at that point and we could and we could turn it on. And as I noted in my session report, um, nobody knew what to do, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I'm happiest. I'm actually in role playing games. I'm happiest when nobody knows what's going on. Um, I, I don't like it when everybody has mastered the rule to kind of like an autistic level and it just gets tiresome. It turns, it just feels like a magic tournament to me at that point. And I don't care. Um, so I, I love the unknown, but no, I told these guys that they, you know, um, one of the players like was like, look, Jeff, we don't know what we don't, we don't know what to do. Um, and I'm like, look, just start talking. Like everybody can talk to everybody else. You know, you don't need to worry about where you are. Um, are you, are, you know, are you in the same location on the map? We're just going to assume that you've got like birds that fly around and, 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 and transfer the messages, you know, which, we, mm-hmm. you know, this was much less fastidious than the July, 2021 game where, you know, where I, I plotted out all of the movement on, <laughs> on charts and, and be like, Oh, well, Macho Mandoff is going to run into the Thark skiff on this date on at this time. And then that was, uh, that was very, very, um, uh, carefully run. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was uh, more total chaos. And, um, you know, by the time I talked to someone to find out that something was, was happening, you know, uh, I, I'd be talking to someone else and, and it would be like, uh, I, I couldn't make a circuit through talking to everyone without something happening first. And mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't completely fair. We didn't have, we didn't have pure turns, you know, um, if I tried it again, I might have everybody, um, you know, tell them. But you know, I don't know. Um, I wanted more of a party feel. I wanted more like a, a convention game type feel, 
with 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 Slack. I wanted to open up what we do to a broader group of people. Some of them a little more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and so yeah, so the party game idea of something that people look forward to that that was really what I was going for with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, we ended up getting uh, you know two or three little mini battles and then we had one big dumb thing and, and as soon as the big dumb thing was happening it, it was a kegger it was it's called the red kegger mm-hmm. um uh the uh the the orcs and the giants and and doucheland were going to have a, a a keg party there was going to be some deal with uh you know uh hooking up the uh, frat guys with with uh steadington women mm-hmm. uh but, and of course the dragons crashed the party and there was a big fight, mm-hmm. and uh, and at the climax of the game, um, an assassin killed the wizard that that grew the dragons into adulthood. So, <laughs> um, so uh, it's all it's all documented on on the blog. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I I thought I was like, yeah, this is the magic. This is um, it 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 felt like about a week's worth of of what we did doing it the hard way. And it kind of gave you the same sort of feel with a with a lot, and and also when the session ended, everybody could just put the toys away and like go back to their life, right? And mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a key key thing that I wanted. So I wanted to can we? I want to dress all the uh, loose ends. I want it to be a party, and after it's done, I want to like walk be able. I want everyone to be able to walk away from it. And and I, now and here's the uh, here's the coda. I. Uh, I thought, well, you know, that only did about a week of what we did. I thought, you know, maybe we should do another. Maybe we should do part two. We should get together, and like, and I, and I, and I could. You you could do this, like, well, let's just play every session for like this month, Battle Bronstein style, and just mm-hmm. just keep moving forward. Um, if 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 you if you've rigged it so that there's a week of activity in the session, then you you don't even have to depart from one to one time. You you know, you just got it right there. Um, and and I, there was also people kicking around ideas. Well, like, well, how do we inter- interact with the player characters with what the higher level people are doing and the factions? And mm. my answer, my answer for this one was, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know, let let the small fry be the small fry, and let the big boys be the big boys. And and mm-hmm. you know, there's there, you know, uh, Dundermus has already got in his head like, oh wait. Well, there there could be this adventure scenario in Steddington where the player characters do this and this and this and this, and that could make a difference. And it's like, you know, it, it may even happen in January if he comes back from whatever his job is doing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else, it's not me, might run that. You know, I don't know. Um, he's certainly done the prep on on the scenario. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like what to do and to go back for it. I mean, if if you've played this way at all, you will know what to do. I don't have to explain it. Um, it, it's very not na- your brain will invent scenarios, even if you don't want to play them. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, but, uh, but no, I was kicking around. Let's do part two. Let's do part two. That like, because, um, after the assassinations, like, well, the dragons might do this and they might do this. And, and, and I got together and it was just feeling low energy. And I was like, you know what? We're not, we're not feeling it. I, I think, and, and I think this is the most important thing that anyone needs to understand about Bronstein play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is sometimes there's not any more play 
in a given scenario, and that's okay. That's like a great point to stop. And so I thought about it. Um, I thought about this scenario. Um, this is on Twitter. I have not put this on the blog, uh, so I'll, I'll need to go track track down where I where I did this. But um, but I was thinking about the situation. It was like, uh, well, you know, the the guy that assassinated the uh, wizard, you know, uh, the 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 good guys in quotes. They've got dragons. They can they can electrocute that city, that little town, all of its people. The the dragons and and the the first level fighting men that are make up the army of this place. Like mm-hmm. they're all going to run away if the dragons charge them. Like that's just that's just baked into the rules of the game. So like they've got nothing that can defend against the dragons. And, you know, the assassination of the most important NPC in the entire campaign region, um, that that's going to get some pay. This this place is just going to be level. There's no reason to play that out because there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then the um, there was like some elf versus human stuff going on that I had not planned. And it was like, well, the elves figured out that they couldn't take the palisade. And they couldn't take the city. They just didn't have the materiel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, after the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 Burgleberg town was let would if that was leveled by the dragons and the uh, and the good guys still had their dragons under control, those elves are not going to mess with Dragonville, right? Okay. Right. And then finally, the other piece of the puzzle is like the dragons were were they're highly mobile and they're useful in small fights, but uh, they're not going to take out the hill giant city. They're just, they're not that strong. Um, But the uh, hill giants can't send little detachments of dudes around the map because if they, if they, if it's a small enough group, they could be caught flat footed. Yeah. Um, And then finally, uh, you know, and I was aware of the uh, defenses that the, the hill giant city had, and and the setup for Deuceland was like not at all suitable for siege warfare um, or or uh, storming the castle and so forth. That just was not gonna gonna happen. So just playing it for for six hours in a in a sort of a very loose party, uh, the political situation uh, was so crystal clear and so self. I could just I could just step back into the referee role and be like, okay. You guys had fun. It was a great session. We proved the concept, but it, here's how this, here's how the, here's what the campaign state is for this area, you know, going forward, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Billy, the fighter with the Palisades, he married, the, he marries the princess. He's got two dragons. He's, he is a mate. He won the mini domain game, right? Yeah. So, sort of by a weird set of, 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 of things. And uh, he he ascended into sort of like an, an NPC status, like the uh, continuing NPC or or the faction tier, however you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Steddington doesn't have, you know, with the dragons in place, Steddington is going to think twice about trying to wipe out Dragonville. And mm-hmm. and you know, so so it's sort of a new detente, you know, there's sort of a balance of powers established here. Yeah. And um, and, you know, if 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 people are intrigued enough by this location that they pick it up again and play it next year. It's not going to be the same old thing that we did this year. It's things have moved forward in a logical mm-hmm. way and we have a new status quo 
that would be the basis for whatever happens next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't think it's, there's, there's nothing to it, but to do it, you know? Um, yep. so yeah, that's the battle of Bronstein. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's as big. Uh, it, it, it's terrible for getting a lot of people excited on Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's never going to take off because it's not, it doesn't make people feel jealous about your game. But as a tool to solve a, a very real campaign problem, and I'm not the first person to experience this problem and I'm not the first person to solve this problem. But, uh, you know, with the, uh, the session report laying out uh, exactly all the nuts and bolts of everything we did with this. Um, this is a new mode of play that is distinct from uh, the usual Pro SR method. Um, and I, I would say, you know, you know, we have some sessions that are dungeon delves. We have some sessions that are that are uh, wilderness traveling, and we have some sessions that are uh, mass focused on mass combats primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a another mode of play. If you get to the point where in your campaign you're moving between all of these modes of play uh, without really, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily say effortlessly, but like there's a natural movement between these modes of play. Yeah. If you've gotten to that point, I think you've mastered the game and and you you can do. You can you can do really great things with our RPG campaigns that you can't do with the conventional modes. Yeah. Um, and the problem, and we probably pointed this out before, the problem with the conventional play is there's only one mode, right? So, mm. um, and and there's no there's no model world that you're playing with. So this is a way, you know, the Bro SR multiple modes of play are a way to explore and develop a model of a fantasy world through play and that's why it's fun yeah yeah to to think about it in in kind of a different way in a way that i uh was actually talking about a lot this weekend you can look at the types of sessions or the modes of play as the various components of you know let's use the example that i used on twitter this weekend a cake so you learn how to make the frosting, yeah. you learn how to make the cake itself, you learn how to assemble and decorate and present uh, the cake as a complete package. Once you've mastered each of those individual things, you then get to iterate on what you've done with kind of each of them. And so you, you get to add new flavors to your cake. You get to experiment with crazy frosting. You get to start making cake in weird shapes. And I think that's, where mastery is demonstrated in that you take something familiar and do something unfamiliar with it, but there's still that element of familiarity once people interact with it and, and see uh, what you've done with something familiar. Good. Good. All right. I, I don't know if I was uh, the most Jeffro I have ever been, but, <laughs> um, but this was, this was, uh, a little bit cursory. I don't. I, I don't think there's any even any questions in the uh, chat here. I think everybody here is an old hand and knows all about it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, crafty, crafty wants to know uh, what you're thinking 
uh, saying dancing with girls is more fun than rolling dice with a bunch of dudes. Yeah, yeah it is. Especially with a live band. Um, mm -hmm. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. But, uh, but no, I, I think, um, I do think we, um, there was a feeling uh, up through the summer uh, and certainly last year, like there's, there's just something else. Uh, and I, I've listened to all the shows of the guys talking about patron play. Like it, it still feels half baked, you know, there's, it, when is somebody going to figure this out? You know, and um, uh, uh, like, and it's just so volatile. And and it's um, uh, and my my theory was my theory on this. Uh, uh, if you if you look back at the at SPI war games, uh, just how terrible they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like and strategy and tactics magazine back in the day where you got it you got a you got a complete war game every issue you know um but yeah all of those and those avalon hill games also terrible i you know um i i, I hope some i hope somebody in the chat like gets their feelings hurt and is like no they were great games jeff you don't understand they were they were wonderful dsr mm -hmm. shouldn't have killed spi it was the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened so the um but no um ogre Ogre came out in 1977, the first micro game, and and it was great. People loved Ogre, uh, and mm -hmm. GEB was even better. And um, the, the reason it was so popular was that it could be playtested to perfection. And uh, you, because the game, a game of Ogre could take like, what, 20 minutes to play? you know, 30 minutes tops. And mm -hmm. so if the game was uh, unclear or imbalanced or if there was something with the forces that were wrong or uh, or if you had another idea about the, the, the tactics, oh, well, I, well I can, if I do this, I could win. And, well, well, no, you can't. Oh, yeah, we'll prove it, right? So it got played to death uh, at the playtesting stage, which meant the rules weren't half-baked, which meant that when it, when it finally got in the hands of gamers, there was still a problem, still a very famous problem. But, you know, mm -hmm. even that got fixed, you know, yeah. and all these other games, the giant monster games and war games and you know, all this, you know, the boom, all the stuff that the boomers played. Um, nobody played those games. They didn't play those games through enough to fix them, you know, uh, not compared to Ogre. Uh, so so really the idea of the, the Battle Bronstein, it's 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 my hope uh, that it does enough of what we do with with bronstein play and with patron play that we well we well it, it, i can already tell you what it does uh you, you can you can make repeatable uh convention games out of mm. <laughs> with with this and you can play test them to the point where okay i think we've we've, we've got a we've got a really great bronstein scenario here uh and a continuing campaign i'm not interested in that because the next thing is always more interesting than what we just did. We never played the same thing twice. Never with, mm. with a group. We never would. Um, but, you know, if you were at a convention and wanted to to put people through a Bronstein experience that you knew was solid, this is the way to do it. This would be the route you could go because you could, you could actually test it before you throw, them, throw it in front of them. Mm. Um, but, and yeah. And thinking about it kind of within the context of my uh, my personal campaign setting, um, 
I'm dealing with a city and I'm dealing with a lot of different gangs that are vying for territory within the city. So to, to run something like this at in, in my setting would basically be here is a, uh, a section of the city that gangs are now vying for control over. And so you are going to control one gang. You know, this player is going to control another one. This player is going to control the guards. This player is going to control some other faction. And now we're going to actually have it out. Who now controls this block and what are they going to do to uh, cement their control over this particular section of the city? So I, I can already see kind of the applications to my own stuff uh, moving forward. And, and actually yeah. that sounds like something that I should start working on, uh, especially for kind of no, future conventions. That's a, that's a big departure uh, with this dot within the bro SR is um, like, yeah, I mean, you already know uh, we have an A party and a B party. You, you see that in a lot of the bro campaigns where, yeah. oh, this group's in time jail. So we'll just play this other group. And that's mm. great for your campaign because it it just introduces more moving parts within the model world that people are thinking about. It also yep. allows the players to try out different character types. Um, mm. Well, when you would by adding in the. Uh, the uh the uh the battle bronstein uh approach to, to running a session that allows that this is a way that like nobody how many people in bro sr campaigns are have the aptitude and the desire to run a faction full-time year-round not a whole lot right you know um, and, and there's, and there's also, I, I won't go into it, but there's also some problems that can result when you have these people that, that go off and get really good at it and sort of run the table at, at the, uh, patron scale. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, uh, the, my suggestion is, would be, uh, to, de to the departure for me is like, don't think about your model world all of it being on all the time. I feel like that's a mistake. Um, not, to, not to say that great things didn't happen last year. No, the phenomenal things happened last year. It was amazing. But um, but the uh, the tax on the attention spans is not, it's just, it's just not sustainable. Uh, if you get a group that could do it, if there's another lockdown, this is all we have. <laughs> you know, go for it. You have my blessing. But like, uh, mm -hmm. but no, the... Um, uh instead of thinking about like okay this is our world model and the only thing that exists in the fantasy world are things that are currently in play i feel like that's a bad route to go i feel that that's going to lead to stagnation in your campaign because all bronsteins have a a tendency to wind down or to get boring they get to a point where the referee needs to just call it like to just say oh there appears to not be any more play here that's what I did with my battle bronze team. I didn't make people play it and I didn't run it into the ground. Right. Mm -hmm. Just at some point it's like, okay, we know what's going on with this. There has to be other areas in the campaign that are more interesting that deserve the attention of the people that we can bring. Um, also, we can't count on everybody that played all the, the extended cast to come back week to week. You know, you want to be able to run sessions with whoever shows up. That's the great thing about it. And yep. and the always on bro SR campaign sort of puts some pressure on that that that's <laughs> where you you need 
more, more people active all the time. So I, and I, I don't want to, you, you want, it's nice to be able to have every session be an atom, you know, unique to itself that it's built, it's built out of, that's comprised of, of the resources that you have. Um, mm. And, and uh, cause if you don't, things bog down and, 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 and get, you know, and get, and just get hard to manage. But yeah, the, um, oof, I, I, uh, yeah, the, um, I, 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 I was I'm winding back to something and I lost my point because it's late, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, uh, the, I think that, I think the ideal that I would recommend, uh, to get the best, the best results in your campaign is to model different areas of your campaign, explore them, allow them to uh, sort themselves out and create new new campaign state uh, to feed into the lore of your 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 campaign that that's being created with the group. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, but don't feel like you have to run it all 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 at once and all the time, you know, right. like it. If there's a hot spot that that's like, ooh, this is really exciting, and yeah, I could tell the players were really excited about this, you know, go build a game out of that. Go build a a, a Bronstein out of that, and focus just on getting that one thing right, you know, for for one, two, maybe three sessions tops, you know, that's going to be, you know, for as long as the interest is there. But like, as soon as it gets, if as soon as it's like, no, we know how logically it should this should play out from here. Call the game and set your players free. Let them have their lives back, especially now that they can go dancing instead of play with you. <laughs> and so to, to kind of put a bow on all of this, uh, Black Lodge Games asked this question here in chat. Uh, is the idea to run a Battle Bronstein every once in a while to shake up the campaign periodically? Uh, yeah, in my, in my view, uh, when, when you have all these loose threads in your continuing campaign that uh like is this sort of like the Chekhov's gun thing you yeah. know when you you know when you establish something in the campaign it deserves to be paid off um and that's that's what was so tragic about this summer was you had all these people in the Oriental adventures campaign and the, all these things were being set in motion and they deserved to be paid off the players yeah. who had invested in that situation deserved to see how this stuff played out they didn't need it didn't need to go for a year. It just needed to go long enough that people could be like, okay, we had a game. We did the thing. Yeah. Um, just, everybody deserves that. You owe that to your players. So mm -hmm. I I put I promote the Battle Bronstein. Don't start with the bro with the Battle Bronstein. Um, if your campaign is stacking up loose threads, if it has themes that have been set aside because of you know players are distracted or um, you know. Like, you know, in 2020, we needed to play a game where Elric did something like Trilopulus would not be Trilopulus if Elric sat on his throne forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. um, so so absolutely. And and, you know, um, so so, yeah, I, I'd say look at your campaign, like things you wonder about, things that frustrate you. Like, why haven't we done anything with this? The great thing about a Bronstein play is that you, you can put. 10 things that need attention turn them on all at the same time and you get something that you you wouldn't have gotten had you just dealt with them sequentially so yeah um and and, and you're, you're doing you're doing you're doing world modeling you're doing something very close to what 
what uh, actual militaries do if they want to understand a situation. I mean, it's, this is very close to that. It's so good at modeling things. It's actually kind of dangerous. Um, so, mm. so don't, don't get too serious with this. Keep it dumb because you don't want, <laughs> you don't want three letter agencies coming to your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So to, I guess to, to make all the people who get impatient with this kind of talk, uh, get upset again, as we kind of, uh, close to the end of our show here there's a question that i've had uh for you for a while and i just haven't had the chance to to ask you yet um this is going to come right out of left field but it does circle back around to the the swing dance conversation that we had at the uh the very beginning of the episode i i have to know do you love or do you hate brian setzer and his orchestra oh i i don't know what that is Oh, you don't know who Brian Setzer is? I like that's probably I I maybe I should be embarrassed, but I don't know. So Brian Setzer, uh, he was the original, uh, you know, lead guitarist and and lead singer of the Stray Cats, uh, the, oh. the rockabilly band from the '80s. But he went on to basically do a rockabilly swing combination project called the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Okay, and right. so like the. It, if you want like an entry point to that specific uh, iteration of his career, he did a cover of Louis Prima's Jump Jive and Whale. That's fantastic. Okay. So that, no, that's no, a good uh, no. start. I will say, like Stray Cats. We totally dance. We totally swing dance to Stray Cats. It's gotcha. it's awesome. You know, okay. it, I I I have complete confidence in whatever he did. Uh, and Rockabilly. Uh, that's one of the guys. He came out to our area. Uh, big big time Rockabilly guy. Uh, big. Big Sandy, I think is his name. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. That was some of the most fun dancing. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's not jazz, right? It's not, it's not thirties jazz. It's, it's different, but, uh, I I do think I understand why rock and roll took over. Um, and it's because it's, it it really is fun to dance to Mm -hmm. rockabilly. The, uh, uh, the, the, the thing that one of the things that makes it particularly fun are, I don't know the correct musical term for it, but there's breaks where the where the the band the music just stops for a second and then it comes back in. Those yep. are always, you know, if you and your followers stop together with the music and then sort of slingshot back into it once it starts back up, it's yeah. funny every time. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's uh, it's fun every time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and of course, and then everybody that watches you do it, they they are they are clearly and obviously jealous. yep cool well you know that is going to do it for tonight's episode uh jeffro thank you so much for coming on this was a great conversation uh even even the tangents at the beginning i feel like were were great uh gaming talk even even if they started from coming uh you know out of left field i i think that was really a vital part of our discussion tonight so games are about people yeah. So, so people dynamics are going to give you insight into into your role playing campaigns, and so you look for them everywhere. Uh, there, there's going to be analogies at everything you do. Uh, I wish we could have Crossface come on and and, and explain to us about the you know, this this man dancing stuff that he does and how it applies. But uh, you know, you I just have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Someday. 
Well, guys, uh, that is it for Rolling Bones tonight. I want to remind everyone, uh, you can find uh, Jeffro's work at uh, jeffro.wordpress.com. You can also find him on Twitter at Johnson Jeffro. And uh, you can buy his book, How to Win at D&D. Uh, I will put the link to that here in chat. Uh, it is currently only available in physical copies that you order online. So definitely pick that up if you have not already. Uh, Jeffro, is there anything you want to leave people with uh, before we close out for the evening? No, we're all good. We're all good. Thank, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. All right, guys. Well, next week we will be back. Not sure what we'll be doing, um, but you know we'll, we'll see what the holidays bring us next week on Rolling Bones. It'll be my last show of the year, so uh, you know I'm looking forward to that one. And until then, whether you rolled a one or a twenty, I am so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I will see you guys next time.